0: It's Madison the Black Eagle. and here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome uh, Jesse Jackson Jr. love you dearly my my young brother and I gotta tell you um, you know I'm gonna tell you, this is a true story and I don't even I know <laughs> he's laughing but Jesse Jackson Jr. does not even remember this. I can I can I, I can almost guarantee this. So I'm in I'm in Detroit. Jesse Jackson Sr. is uh we're at uh WXYZ TV broadcast house. And for some reason the Klan showed up and uh we all drove out uh in um different cars. And Jesse Jr. was a a young. I I don't even think he was a teenager. He might have been in middle school, but he was with his father, and his father had. And I was hit running then ACP at the time, so his father had to go speak. And this was a, a minor confrontation, nothing major. And and he he turned to me and said, "Joe, uh, here, take Jr." With you, and you know, kind of walk off to the side, and uh, and I grabbed him by his his little hand at the time and said, "Come on, man, we got to go." And I never forgot that because I, I and my thought process was, "Wow, Jesse Senior." Trust me with his oldest son <laughs> with his son, <laughs> and then, of course, as the years went by, I mean, you know he, he becomes a congressman and 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 the whole, it, it just shows how long we've known each other and Absolutely and look good. where we are. I mean you know um um first of all, let me let me do ask this because I'd be remiss. How is your father doing?
1: The Reverend is in a struggle, but it's a hopeful struggle. He uh, has good days. He has difficult days. Parkinson's, as you know, is a very debilitating disease. And uh, he's had it now for about eight, nearly 10 years, but he's definitely in an advanced stage of it. Mm. Please keep him in your prayers. And, this and,
0: and please tell him, uh, this entire audience, this entire platform, uh, he, he is in our... He is in our prayers. Um, now, I, I I'm going to be honest with you. I have the book in front of me, Jesse Jackson Jr., The Finger of God, from the lineage of David to the presidency of the United States. So I, I, I started trying to read through it. This is not a a, a book that it's sort of hit hit or miss. What were you? I mean, what's the concept? What I mean, the I, I I can read the synopsis, but where did this start? Where? What What were you thinking when you thought, you know, I'm going to write this book, and here's what I want to accomplish?
1: So it's pretty well known that I served 30 months in a federal prison for using my campaign funds inappropriately, and while there, I have been helping men who could not read or write, fill out pardon applications, applications to request their clemency of then-President Barack Obama. I was accused of organizing in prison for helping men who could not read or write fill out these applications, and I was thrown in solitary confinement for three days. And I kept saying, what kind of a government— would throw people in confinement for helping men who could not read or write fill out these 20-plus page applications. And while in prison, I had a revelation. I kept saying to myself, and he shall, and he shall grant reprieves and pardons. That's the pardon language in the Constitution. And I said, what is this language that comes before and he shall? It says, he shall be commander in chief of the army, the navy, and the militias, and he shall grant reprieves and pardons. Upon my release from prison, I did further research, and I found out that James Madison in 1787, in the Federalist Papers, uh, referred to something in the Constitution called the Finger of God. One month after the Constitution was written in a New York newspaper called The Advertiser, Alexander Hamilton said, for his part, he sincerely esteems the Constitution, a system without which the finger of God never could have been devised or agreed upon by such a diversity of interests. And so this is five years before the Bill of Rights, The Founding Fathers themselves are talking about something in the Constitution called the Finger of God. And while I was in solitary confinement, and my research confirms, I found it. This is significant because there is language in the Constitution that the Founding Fathers themselves called the cornerstone of the Constitution. And the first six presidents know that it's there. It appears to be lost after that point. Abraham Lincoln finds it and uses it to keep the country together. And I believe the next person who finds this language and begins this research is Martin Luther King Jr. And unfortunately, Dr. King's life was tragically cut short. In the book, The Finger of God, Mm -hmm. I bring this constitutional language Forward, And I show its amazing power Not just in the power to restore 77 million men Federal and state Who have fallen outside of the grace of the law But the very character of the government Of the United States Hamilton says there would be no agreement On the Constitution without this language This language comes from the linear theological system Listen very carefully to this, Joe, mm-hmm. and I'll let you have your question. No, back. go ahead. I, I, I'm following you. Abraham, Ab- Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, David, and Jesus. Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, David, and Jesus. And Jesus. And Jesus. David was the commander of the army and the, and the commander of the militia. And Jesus granted what? Reprieves mercy and forgiveness, pardons. So they extracted the function of the lineage of David out of the scriptures. They created Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1, and the President of the United States is supposed to be functioning as some kind of disciple from that tradition. And that's why all of the highfalutin language of life, liberty, and happiness, guarantees of of equality uh, to the extent that the architects had agreed on this language, even though they couldn't agree on the slave language or the big states versus small states or the misogynistic language in the Constitution, the one thing they agreed on was the finger of God, and it just so happens that another black man has found it, has written about it, and when we reclaim this language, I believe we can reclaim the character of this country and head in a new direction.
0: How do you reconcile in the book, and maybe I haven't gotten to that chapter yet, how do you reconcile in the book The Finger of God, the 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 fact that many of the founders were agnostic, uh, some of them obviously religious, Um, But the the whole thing of separation of church and state, because it would seem to me that conservatives listening to this interview, uh, Jesse Jackson Jr., might say, well, look, we've been telling you this is a quote-unquote Christian nation born out of Christian uh, uh, theological
1: beliefs. So those same conservatives will argue that the Constitution of the United States is divinely inspired. I believe Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 is a theological experiment. I confirm it in my research. There is no doubt that it is divinely inspired. That is, Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 is a divinely inspired clause within the Constitution. But certainly the three-fifths clause cannot be divinely inspired because Moses would, would, be against, would be against that. He'd be against slavery. So you, you can't say that's divinely inspired because Moses was God's man. You can't say that the misogyny in the Constitution, denying women the right to vote or equality in the 1787 document is divinely inspired because all men and women are created equal. That certainly the mother of, of Jesus himself would have rejected the idea that she wasn't a full person and obviously that's not the way he felt about his mama so that's not divinely inspired but the function of the lineage of David is most definitely divinely inspired there's no doubt about that and the only reason we can't see it is because of differentiating and splitting and how the evolution of the law and our interpretation of the law has occurred over time now why is that important because um, it's really clear, particularly from the perspective of African-Americans, which is really the human rights perspective of the entire country, that it requires a constitutional event to begin a period of Reconstruction in the United States. So the first time we ever hear the concept or the idea of Reconstruction is the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, a constitutional event. The end of First Reconstruction Is Plessy versus Ferguson in 1896, a constitutional interpretation that ushers in the period, one of the most violent periods in American history, Jim Crow, until another constitutional interpretation. Brown versus the Board of Education, 1954. Now that began second reconstruction. With the kind of violence and the present attitude of the court, we are beginning a brand new Jim Crow, Mm. a second Jim Crow. So what's in front of us? What can we anticipate in order to end this period of racial hostility, this period of unprecedented recalcitrance towards people's basic human rights? Well, we know. I don't know when it happens, but we know one of two things are going to happen. There's going to be new amendments to the Constitution. To quell the anxiety of the American people A constitutional event Or, and or There's going to be a new Constitutional interpretation I'm suggesting to you That this constitutional interpretation Which is sitting right there In the constitution It may not bring all of us to Jesus It may not bring all of us To Muhammad, It may not bring all of us to Buddha but it will bring us hmm. to the idea that there is one God, that we are to love that one God with all of our hearts, soul, and mind, and our neighbors as ourselves. And all will that happened in my lifetime. And all will that those happen in my lifetime, I don't know, but I can I'm,
0: promise you, it's coming. I, I'm sorry, I was trying. But what thought came? And all those religions and leaders you talked about. Let me put it in. I know the answer, but I'm going to put it in the form of a question. What
1: did they all have in common? not agnosticism and not knowing, and not atheism, a non-belief. They definitely had a belief system. And what makes America, in my opinion, um, um, Black Eagle, so important is it is the most unique idea in human history in 1776. Now don't get me wrong, there was no America in 1619. I'm clear on that. I don't need to be debated by the community ad nauseum on what happened in 1619, but there's no America in 1619. There are colonies, there are territories, there are slavery. Then there's a Declaration of Independence from that system in 1776. By 1787, they superimpose on that system a constitution, Right. a constitution that can be amended, a constitution for what? these United States of America. Five years later, they add to the Constitution an even more unique concept, the fact that the people can change it with amendments. Some people argue that there should be a separation of church and state because of those amendments. I respect that, but the highest form of religion for the Founding Fathers is not the church. The highest form of religion is between Jesus of Nazareth and his God, between Moses and his God, between Gandhi and his God, between Martin Luther King and his God, between Joe Madison and whom he believes God to be, between Jesse Jackson Jr. in solitary confinement by himself and whom I believe God to be. And they placed in the Constitution the basic framework and the tools for when that one man, that one woman, that one person assumes the office, they have the power to function in the lineage of David for all of the American people. And that, my friends, is a unique idea in human history. And the founding fathers did accomplish that. Yes. In Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1.
0: Because because one of the things, you, as you are giving us that list of things, again, also what ruled... The society back then was the monarchy, and so it was whatever the religion was. It not of the king, the queen, and the monarchs,
1: right? And the way the and the way the art correct and the way again towards the new idea is that in the constitutional construct, unlike the monarchy, unlike authoritarianism, all laws emanate in the House of Representatives with people, the people's representatives. It has to go through the Senate. And that process, it has to be reconciled, and then the one true believer who's not imposing his religion or her religion or their religion on anybody, the moral authority, the beacon of the nation's hope, gets to sign it, and that's called the law. Now that sounds a little primitive, but it's a unique idea in human history. Right, that law emanates from the people. Right, but that this person of moral authority courage and conviction is the president of the United States. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah. And that had never existed before. That's that had never existed in human history. Yeah. in in human human history. history. Um, The book we're talking about is the finger of God. um, And Jesse Jackson, Jr. How long did it take you to research and, 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 finalize this book 10 years
1: 10 years released it last December 10 years from the date I find it in solitary confinement to its release I couldn't find an agent couldn't find a publisher I feel blackballed by the way coming out of the incarceration experience can't find a job still all of the above it's right there. And if it's, going, if it's happening to me, and I have a, I'm a summa cum laude graduate of North Carolina A&T State University, I have a master's degree from Chicago Theological Seminary, I have a law degree from uh, the University of Illinois College of Law, I served my country for 17 years, having the best voting record, Democrat or Republican, in the Congress for at least a decade of those are 12 of those years until all of my investigations and troubles came uh and uh can't find a job and it's november still can't find a job how uh, are I'm you so, well how are you so so so, how, so Joe, I, if it's happening to me it's happening to 70 oh million yes. americans who've been through the federal process who've been through the state process, and guess what they need in their lives? What is that? finger of God, the power for them to start over uh, for those men and women who did what the judge said do, they did what the jury said do, to ask them to fill out a pardon application, and then to have the government say, well, you know, uh, you have to to be out of prison for five years before you can even fill it out. Well, that's five more years the judge didn't give you. That's five more years that the jury did not give you to ask, to say that the founding fathers put the finger of God in the Constitution and then turn around and say, but the finger of God that's in our U.S. Constitution doesn't apply to a woman who stole a loaf of bread locally because she got charged under a state offense, but the governor won't forgive her. Well, he ain't got no finger of God. He may have pardon power. He may even have a pardon board. But the finger of God is in the U.S. Constitution, not the state Constitution. So when we understand that, uh, Black Eagle, what that means is the Founding Fathers never expected the presidential power to forgive to just be limited to state governments. He wanted it to be used like Lincoln used it after the Civil War to put a country back, back together. together and his and, that's correct
0: and 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 and, the, and as he exercised his authority uh and that was to allow these these former confederates uh to be able to regroup and and, and in essence become whole again
1: that's correct now th- this is unique idea in human history. there's no government on earth that allows that to happen that's so that's so brilliantly fascinating that cornell west said about my book in his afterwards yeah and what james forbes said about my book in the forward it's unique now with america with all of its problems and it's got a lot of them man i can go on and on yeah so and, and i and, books- and, and
0: and i must admit i before i as i opened it uh the one of the first things i read was Cornell West afterwards. And I said, Oh, wow, I know I got to get into this now. I mean, Cornell captured it. He understood exactly what you were trying to, to write. So, how would you tell readers to approach this? And here's what I'm asking you, Jesse Jr. Um, are we talking cover to cover? Because I'll be honest with you, I'm going through your chapter on your experience with solitary confinement.
1: So, so the way I would approach it, uh, I tried, it took uh, many, many manuscripts to get to this manuscript, is with the first outline of history in your mind that I just shared with you. For America to usher in a new era, we need one of two things. Ketanji Brown Jackson to be the chief justice of the Supreme Court, not just on it, but someone of the ilk and thinking of Thurgood Marshall to usher in a majority new opinion that strengthens the likes of Brown versus the Board of Education. That laid the foundation for civil rights. It laid the foundation for voting rights. It laid the foundation for open housing, for LGBTQ, for women's rights. A new constitutional interpretation did that. That came from the Supreme Court. The newest constitutional interpretation being offered anywhere in America is the one I just showed you, is in the finger of God. You have to understand it from that context. It is a new constitutional interpretation that can be embraced by all. In my other book, God Rest the Soul, of my co-author, Frank Watkins, who died and was buried just a few short weeks ago, who was with me for 53 years of my 57 years of life and worked for my father even before that, Frank and I wrote a book called A More Perfect Union. And in that book, we advanced new constitutional amendments that progressives should be advancing. Less should we forget. Uh, Black Eagle, that, remember now, the Supreme Court ruled in Roe v. Wade in 1973 that women had a right to choose. But the Congress never, many Democratic Congresses since 1973, never even codified it in the law. So then they come back with another interpretation of, and overturn Roe v. Wade, a constitutional interpretation, and they give us Dobbs turning the power back over to the states, strengthening states' rights. We need a new constitutional interpretation that recognizes every one of us as a child of God and in our individual capacity, we have individual rights. This is a missing interpretation that's sitting right there in Article Two, Section 2, Clause 1 of the Constitution. Understand that the finger of God is about an constitutional interpretation a completely new movement for our people for which we can build a massive coalition starting with 77 million men and women who drive buses work in restaurants right. are waiting tables some of us are preaching okay. some of us have done something in our lives and we paid our debt to society and still have not been granted The new life that the Constitution provides for us.
0: The publisher, it's Archway Publishing. Uh, It is the finger, the finger of God. And I will make sure look, I want this up. I'm telling my, my team, I want this up on our social media immediately. And folks, please get this right away. Uh, Jesse Jackson Jr., we, we're going to have to have you back to go through. I want to go through a, a chapters and verse of of, of d- different aspects of uh, of this book. And thank you so much uh, for taking the time to be here on, to, with me. Really, Black I, well, I I mean it it is
1: my honor. Please give a wonderful hug to your lovely wife for me. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, anytime you need me, I'll, I'll come in. Uh, If you're having a slow week or a slow show and you can't find a guest, you tell your producer to reach out to me. I'll wake up and we'll walk the country through whatever we're dealing with that day. Okay, Joe?
0: The book is The Finger of God by Jesse Jackson, Jr. Happy Thanksgiving to you also.